yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just thinking, yeah, that, that, well, we, we always really think, our, I, I always think my thoughts after we're done, but I was just thinking about, you make the, um, in the book, when you talk about people who can't take kids outside because they don't know how to be outside, that ties to your idea of like, you can't take someone farther than you can go. So right. when you go outside and you don't know what to do, then how are you going to, what, what are you going to do with the kid outside? Right. You know, so anyway, that's just, it's giving me a lot to chew You're on. You're not going to let a kid Good. do what, if you've never used a hammer yourself. Yeah, or, yeah. Well, and I think that the, uh, and uh, I don't want to keep saying like a bad thing about that, but then you, you're teaching then from a place of fear constantly. And, you know, we are worried always about what might happen or what, what might. And, and I think kids will, kids very much pick up on that insecurity and that fear based practice. And, and I, I worry, I worry about that teaching from a place of fear versus confidence. I tell like years ago when I was still doing a lot of coaching, not coaching, but more, more mentoring, I think, cause I think it's different. I would say, you know, I, I want you at some point to let the room get out of control. I want you to let that happen. And I want you to let it happen for two reasons. One, I want you to see that the out of control in your head is not what actually happens. But I also need you at some point to know that you are capable of bringing it back. And you're not going to know that you have that ability if you never get the opportunity to practice it. And, and then once you have more confidence in allowing things to go a little farther than you used to. Yeah. And that's like you, you're pushing, it's baby steps. So you're going from the shallow and you're taking one more step towards that deep end. One more step, one more step, one more step. And eventually you're comfortable, you know, metaphorically jumping in that deep end because you know, you're going to be able to pop back up. And, and I think, I think that's why everybody, not everybody, but that's why things get shut down a lot in the classroom is because somebody is worried about what might happen and so they're using all of this energy to prevent something that they have no idea what that might look like, smell like, sound like, taste like, anything. It's fear. And I, that's exhausting. I said, no, I've, I've never seen, I, I've, I've yet to see an adult using training wheels on their bicycle still. Yeah, there you go. And, that's, that's great. You know, I mean, the idea is that you have to be able to feel, and you're going to fall down, yeah. but, or... If you realize I don't like riding bikes, then you don't ride bikes. So if you if you don't if you can't let the classroom get out of control because you're worried about complete pandemonium and thunderdome in in the classroom, <laughs> maybe it's not in the right field. Yeah, right. Exactly. Who <laughs> maybe got there so that they you know I need to control something. Oh right. look, here's little I people. I can control them to satisfy that. I mean, you know, like that's a a bummer of a thing to discover right. about yourself. Well, there's, there's so many other jobs <laughs> that you could have where you can control stuff and actually make money. That's true. That's the part I that's hardest for me to understand. Of like, it's not like this is such a lucrative field that I have to stay in. No, maybe it is that sense of control. Yeah. This is the thing. I don't feel like I'm qualified to do other work, but I can go in and feel like I've, I'm you doing know, something. I'm doing something, and and I and I don't think the person would use that I, that word control, but right. It's essentially they get that good feeling because. I have got I got the kids ready for kindergarten. But That's do you the, think it feels good? Oh, I don't. No, I, no, no. I don't. Do, you, oh. do you see people who are happy oh, because they're successfully controlling children? I, I mean, this well, it's, a secret, it's a sincere question. And I want people to answer, but Lisa, I, you can, now you can hear our off-mic banter. Do you want to, you're welcome to stay in the party. Or you can go home. 
Yeah. Well, I you actually probably should have just left the record button it, going. Um, <laughs> so one of the conversations I have quite frequently with Tamar Jacobson is why our profession attracts broken people. And it's not a happy conversation, nor is it a sad conversation, but it's a conversation that many people aren't comfortable having. And my point is that sometimes the only thing that some of the people have control over is the behavior, or they think, is going to be the behavior of a two-year-old. And so I think, you know, they they come into this profession and try and fix themselves. Um, so too many people go into this profession because they like to tell little people what to do. Or as a colleague of mine also pointed out, if you are a banker and you had a bad relationship with your mother, you can still be a good banker. But unfortunately in this field, if you are... It's a relationship with yeah, work. Yeah, so. if you are an early childhood professional or a teacher and you had, uh, you know bad relationships that affect that affected your current relationships unfortunately it's not like banking you can't really still do a great job yeah yeah thing too is that self-awareness and working on that sort of reflecting on your practice and and working on self-awareness is going to help that broken person who's in the field but it also the person who's been teaching for 40 years right Mm -hmm. that and that's things like about really focusing on that at my job we also have um, children's mental health and other things and like other departments, but we always focus on like the teachers, the main thing they have to work on is their own self-awareness. How do they deal with their emotions when the room is loud? Yeah. Get away from that word, you know, out of control and go to, oh, it's louder. How it tenses you up. So yeah. what can you do when you're tense? You know, so a lot of our, we do coaching and then also reflective supervision and reflective supervision is getting to that point of like, so when you're tense, what can you do? Yeah. Like not controlling the kids, but that it is sort of a, a knee jerk reaction to it. So, and, and I think creating a space where people might honest to God be having for the first time ever a realization that the reason they shut down rough and tumble play is because when they used to do that, they got the daylights beat out of them by somebody like they have never, ever, ever put two and two together, which honestly, and I'll own this me with some of my background. I'm like, how did you not see that connection? You know, we all saw that connection and, and you know, and you, you can't do that because that's not appropriate. It's going to stop the growth process. And at the same time, it's like, wow, you're 29 years old, and this is the first honest time you have seen that you treat those kids in your class the same exact way that you are being treated. You don't know any different. So you're going to default to what you know, whether it's dysfunctional or functional or somewhere in the middle. Right. You, you, you go back to what you knew first. You're going to parent the way you were parented and you're going to teach the way you were taught unless you choose to do the work. And I think, honestly, coming to workshops, reading our books, listening to you guys, having the podcast, that I think sometimes is the first moment where a lot of people realize, huh, I got a little bit of work I might need to have to do. You know, I mean, and, and awesome. And being okay with realizing that you can't compartmentalize it. You're still bringing all of that stuff in the classroom. 
And so if you haven't yet taken the time to figure out your isms, your demons, what your triggers are, you have to do that in tandem or you're not ever going to be the best that you can possibly be in this profession. There's a huge, we can't separate that psychological component. And I think in too many environments, we try to, whether we're realizing it or not, we're trying to, sh- to shut a part of ourselves down and by by forcing it to be quiet, it, end up, it ends up being the loudest thing. So that sounds like a parallel process, right? We're contro- trying to control that, and therefore we tend to be controlling with the kids. Mm-hmm. I'm having a little issue with the conversation, if that's Tell okay. me. Uh, you know, I always, I, I always go back to children, and yeah. we, we, we accept every child who comes into our classroom. And we don't look at how they're broken, but we're looking at what their strengths are and how they might fit in with a group. And I, I'm wondering if we're approaching teachers as broken, if that's, if that's a productive way. <laughs> what are, what, 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 Here's what I'm going to say to that. If it's getting in the way of you facilitating a developmentally appropriate play-based early childhood environment, then I need you to focus on this piece. Although so I, I don't, do you see, so I'm not, I don't lead with that. However, if my observations of you as your supervisor, your boss, your mentor, your coach, if my, if my observations are starting to see that there is a piece of you getting in the way, then I will, then we need to approach that. But I don't assume that every person walking in the door is, you know, mending themselves psychologically by working with young children. So, so I, I like Mike's example of how he was looking for something positive in that group time and then he could show it to them because he was so worried about you know coming in already with the idea that something's wrong right Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. is there there even a way to find something right and I think if we can approach it that way even with teachers I mean I we were um I was in your session with Dan Hodgkins and Jeff Johnson and you were shades of play one. And, right. and I, I remember so well Dan saying, you know, maybe you shouldn't be in the field if, mm-hmm. if you're happy, which if you have the choice, yes. But I worked with people that I could not fire, but I had mm-hmm. to bring them. Along. And if I was going to bring them along, I couldn't do it from a broken model, from mm-hmm. a from a model that was um, deficit. Mm-hmm. I had to do it more from a, from a positive way. I think with coaching and mentoring, you have to be in the positive mode. What I think works well and it works well in books but especially speaking engagements is when you talk in the third person and talk about what was it miss poopy pants or whatever the, the name poopy face make yeah. it poopy face thank you like giving poopy these face. joke um you know you, being able to do it in a way that's sort of funny can get at the things even though there might be people who are like oh i kind of do that um Oh, yeah. Those are composites, right? Yeah, that's definitely done on purpose. Yes. It's that. So it's a balance. I think what, Tom, what you're saying, it it is in person. When you're one-on-one with someone or in a small group, you definitely have to go strength-based. But I do think there's something powerful about the the humor in talking about um, the spooky face or something. I don't know. So it's it's just being, being intentional with which language, like, who's your audience when you're saying? Well, and that's, that's a good point, too. I mean, and you're, you're 100% correct. You know, by putting that out there, 
you know, the poopy faces in the room who don't realize their poopy faces laugh because they don't realize we're talking about them. But like that, that's, you know, like that's you, honey. <laughs> and, but, but maybe in six months, they would be ready, ready for that. But, but it's something in their head. It's direct. I don't think in, at least I'm, I can only speak through my lens, but in the, the platform I currently have, Sometimes I don't have, this is going to sound horrible, but it's true. I don't often have the time to do what I call the make nice. Now, if I'm there for a week, you know, we're going to have time to do that balance, that make nice, right? And, and the leading with the positive and pointing out the strengths and then always working towards the, the goals and the objectives and the, the struggles and the, the, the weak spots. 100% agree. If I only have you for 90 minutes, in all honesty, we need to cut right to the chase. So I'm as positive as I can, but sometimes I know I'm, I'm, you know, I'm painting pictures of both sides because I want people to see themselves. And, and even if they're not ready to take that step, they have a clear picture in their head of that persona. So when they are ready, like it's already there. And I don't know if I'm making sense trying to explain that, but it is it is very, very much sure. intentional. Like, okay, so let me tell let me tell you a story. So I a hundred years ago, I was doing an, an art conference. So I did my art workshop like four four times in a row, like all repeated. Like there was no time for the any of the backstory, the who you are, what you do, the Dallas story, none of that. It was like the art workshop, boom, done. So I did the first one. And everybody loved it and they played and they painted their pictures and everybody left. And, you know, I had 30 minutes before session two to repeat it. And this lady came up to me and she said, um, you know, I drove three hours to come and hear you talk. And, and, and you didn't tell the story. And I really wanted to hear the, the laminated lady story. That's what I used to call poopy face laminated lady. Cause she had lesson plans that were laminated from 1910. Anyway, she's like, and I drove all this way and I really wanted to hear this laminated lady story. And you didn't know that. And I was like, do. So I told her, right. I'm like, all right, so here's the story. And you know, kind of lost something <laughs> in the heat of the moment. And I'm like, all right, fine. So the session, she's like, Oh, okay. And she left. And I was like, well, that was random. So anyway, so I'm getting ready now. I'm starting session two, repeating the art workshop. And I'm like, hey, guys, like, so I totally just got my ass chewed out because I didn't tell the laminate lady story. And apparently some people drove a very long way and didn't get it. So I'm like, Here, here's the long and short in case one of you are in the room. So I told the story. It really doesn't fit, but, you know, whatever. And we went on with our day and it was funny. And at the end of that session, <laughs> this lady came up to me bawling her eyes out bawling her eyes out, cry, ugly cry, cry. I'm like, oh my God, what is the matter? In between sobs, no joke. She says, I, I, I'm a laminated lady. <laughs> and she said, for years, my colleagues have been telling me, you need to go see Lisa Murphy. You need to go see Lisa Murphy. And now I know why they wanted me to come and see you because I am a laminated lady. And oh God, I got goosebumps right now, guys. She said, I didn't know I was a laminated lady, but you held up a mirror and it was very gentle. And it was the first time I ever saw myself the way the children probably see me. Oh my God. <laughs> I, I cry every time I tell that story. <laughs> so, nice. you know, is it direct? Yeah. Does it tick some people off? Probably. But I also know that it, it serves the intentional purpose through which I put all those characters, Jonathan, Mackenzie, all of them, Heather, 
All of the characters that I use are done 100% on purpose. Yes, very much so. It does remind me of, like, in a classroom when kids are, like, throwing rocks at the climber when other kids are on or something like that and telling a story with, like, stick figures on a whiteboard and describing, oh, you know, this other classroom, these kids, like, and telling a story that's almost exactly the same, not mentioning names, and the kid and who like, throws the stones the climber? they're usually the ones, <laughs> like, oh, you know, they probably want to throw something. Or, like, the yeah, kid I- who's doing it is the one who sees it and figures out what could be done. Right. And yet, it's like this way that, because you're not saying, well, Joey... Right here has been doing it. It's more, um, yeah, like a name, either a name that isn't yeah. in the classroom or something. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure people named Heather in the audience are wondering if you're talking about them when they were a kid or something. I don't right. know. But, uh, you know, like having it be that third person, yeah. allow, it's gentle enough. Yeah. But oh, it yeah. is direct. Gentle yeah. and direct. And I even tell people when you go back on Monday and after you wait your 10 days and you're ready to start having conversations, Go back and, and say, hey, you know, so I, I don't want to call it like playing dumb, but I mean, there's maybe an element of that is, hey, you know, this lady was up there and she started talking about like that we should be outside for a little longer than 15 minutes. Can you believe that? And like, I don't know, it just kind of threw me like I'm thinking like maybe we can give that a go. You know, it is yeah. that third person. It's it's and, and it and it's very effective. Blame the person who flew off yeah. to another state. Well, I guess thank you for staying for <laughs> the, the, the you, you're the getting un- a, you're getting a very good idea how we work. <laughs> but I think it just shows again like the when you have a reflective practice and you can talk with other professionals taking this time sometimes on an early Saturday morning it really helps you go oh man I got you know I still have so much work to do even though I've done so much work already. Yeah. Well, and I, I want to extra thank you and I, I said this to Heather cuz I I recorded with her the other day too. Um with being in in move mode and was very appreciative of having some opportunities to talk a little bit of shop to kind of get my head back in the game, get all all fired up. And I I joked with Heather, I'm like, I don't know, do do I still know how to talk about this? And she's like, yeah, I I don't think it's going to be a problem. (laughs) So I thank you for a a little bit more of an opportunity to kind of dial back in and and gear myself up for for the the season. So thank you again. Yeah, Yeah. thank you, Lisa. Appreciate your time. Okay, you guys have a good rest of the day. Goodbye for real time. Bye-bye. So Thank you for listening to Teaching with the Body and Bond. We'll be back again next week with another episode. Music is by Big Wheel Popcorn. <laughs>